Good morning, Fitzroy. I hope you're all safe and well. And let's enjoy worshipping together this morning. Good morning, Good morning Fitzroy. Fitzroy. I'm Peter. I'm Alma. Greetings from, from sunny Seahill. Welcome, Welcome to, to morning, morning service. service. Good morning, Fitzroy, from Ohio. I'm Lisa. I'm Jasmine. I'm Long. And I'm Jonathan. And this is Ellie Bell. And we're the hoes. We love you, we miss you, and we're praying for you. Bye. Hello, Fitzroy. Carolyn here. I hope you're all well today and enjoying the weather. Wish you God's peace today. Good morning, Fitzroy. Good morning, Hello, Fitzroy. David and Sheila here in our back garden. Welcome to Pentecost Sunday. We're just relieved we don't have to do the Bible readings this week. Good morning, Fitzroy. Good morning, Fitzroy, indeed. I hope you enjoy seeing those faces. Some even people who are watching us from afar that we feel are part of our community in these days. And who knows, you may be asked to do a good morning greeting uh, next week. few family-focused things for Fitzroy folk and for all of us, wherever you're listening from. First of all, if you're from Fitzroy particularly, go on the site, find out all the things that are happening this week, prayer meetings and women's groups and whatever else, uh, the children's programme, the youth programme, it's all happening. Um, so go to our site and make use of that website because it's a fantastic website. There's songs up there that we've videoed and you can find those in Fitzroy or in Soul Fitzroy Music, Soul FM. Um, and then, of course, Gary and Gary, Gary's Paul and Ten, uh, the last one is tonight. Ten part series, teachings of the Apostle Paul in 10 minutes. They're all on the site. You can see them all on YouTube. So please go and make use of that incredible resort. And we will have a really great new series for you. Short series starting for you uh, next week at that point. There may be Passion Live Worship tonight. If you're on Instagram at seven o'clock, you might see Passion Fitzroy. Uh, I'm not sure, but check it out. I think it could be there. Um, then to say that um, we're excited today because there's an Irish blessing going to be released into uh, social media. So there's churches from all over Ireland. Um, hundreds of churches have come together to make Be Thou My Vision uh, in an incredibly wonderful musical and uh, visual way. Some of Fitzers are on it and uh, it's going to go viral at some stage today. Watch social media and uh Really, once it's up there, please share it, because this is a chance for us as the church on the island of Ireland to send out a blessing across uh, all of our island uh, in these coronavirus times. Then just if Edna is watching in Kampala, Edna has been uh, CEO of Fields of Life for many years. She's worked for Fields of Life in Uganda for 11 years. She has been to Fitzroy and opened the Onialaku room. She has been to Fitzroy and received the biggest check she said she ever got, not financially, but in size of the actual check. Uh, she believes that that front pew that the Hulahans sit in is her pew. And um, she's very much part of us. She has given so much to Fitzroy over these last number of years. And we want to, on the day, that the weekend that she leaves Fields of Life for new adventures, we want to thank you, Edna, 
and we want to wish you all the best in whatever is to come and you will always be a friend of Fitzroy and I'm sure the Hulahans will move out of their seat just to let you in any time that you're in Belfast. And then good Fitzroy news this week. Not one, but two new babies, Brian and Laura Campbell, um, had Nancy June earlier in the week and just Straight off the press, literally only heard uh, a wee while ago, uh, John and Nadia McMullen have had, a, I would say, a little boy, but he was 11 pounds, two ounces. And so that's not a little boy, but we want to congratulate those families and we look forward to inviting their children into Fitzroy in the days that are to come. Now, a wee surprise. It might be you. It might be you. There is somebody out there who doesn't know that we're going to speak about them now. They are very humble. They don't like being spoken about. And uh, I hope that coronavirus lockdown lasts so long that we will be forgiven. Hello, Fitzroy. In some branches of academia, there's a custom that when a distinguished scholar reaches some significant milestone in his life, typically a 60th or a 65th birthday, a group of his colleagues will come together to publish a book in his honour, consisting of original research articles in the area of the distinguished scholar's special interest. It's called a fest shrift. Well, I hope Desi Alexander will one day forgive me for telling you this. Sixteen of us from the US, Australia and the UK have done this for Desi on his 65th birthday. The volume was presented to him at a Zoom conference about 10 days ago. It took Desi completely by surprise. He had no idea anything like this was happening. On the Zoom thing, each of us had the opportunity to express our thanks to Desi for his helpfulness to us over the years and for the lead he has given of conservative biblical scholarship at its best. Close study of the Hebrew text reverent attention to its meaning combined with determination to help people know God better and love him more the book is a tribute to Desi but the contributors trust it is God glorifying its title is The Seed of Promise The Sufferings and Glory of the Messiah bye bye and thank you, Desi, for all that you do for Fitzroy. And I have to say that to have a scholar um, as astute as you sitting in the congregation and not being frightened to speak from my heart uh, is a blessing. And I thank you for all that you mean to us. We hope you'll forgive us for that little tribute. But that's a really incredible thing. We turn to worship and it's Pentecost Sunday. And I love Pentecost Sunday. And so let me read to you what happens to the disciples in lockdown, isolated from the rest of Jerusalem on Pentecost Sunday. Melanie will read the whole chapter, or most of the chapter to you later. But just as we go into worship, let's take a, a second to understand what happened that first Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Sadly, we're not all together, but we're locked down like they are. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. God turned up. The goodness of God enveloped them in the most powerful of ways. 
May that be so in our service of worship today. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I Searching for answers Only you provide Because you know Just what we need Before we say a word You're a good, good father It's who you are It's who you are It's who you are And I'm loved by you It's who I am It's who I am Cause you're perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways To us You are perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways to us Oh, it's love so undeniable I, I can hardly speak Peace so unexplainable I, I can hardly think as you call me Deeper still as you call me Deeper still into Deeper still into love, love. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Today's reading is taken from Acts 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews, 
from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I have made, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails. All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing Of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good every breath that I am made, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in the darkest night. You are close like no other. And I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend I have lived In the goodness of God 
all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I have made Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after me, it's running after me Your goodness is running after me, it's running after me My life laid down, surrender now, I give you everything Your goodness is running after me, it's running after me And all my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am made oh, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God A bonfire and a hurricane. One evening later on, I was in a Facebook message with John Trinder, as I sometimes am. We're usually talking Bob Dylan or something. And he used this phrase that he'd found, I think, in a blog called Unboxed uh, about Pentecost. A bonfire in a hurricane. And my imagination just opened up. And within uh, a number of hours, I'd, I'd written a lyric around that idea and then sent it to Johnny Fitch. And Johnny Fitch put the most amazing tune, What a Gifted Boy, How Blessed We Are to Have Him Fitzroy, to that lyric. And uh, then last week, we got John Trinder, where the idea originally came from, to put uh, one of those trademark John uh, Trinder guitar solos onto it. I cannot wait to hear it. It's at the end of this sermon, and I would rather we got there now than that you had to listen to me. A bonfire in a hurricane. Because if we go back to what Melanie was reading to us earlier in the service, we find that this was a violent wind that blowed through the house that the disciples were in lockdown in. But this was a violent wind. This was a powerful wind. There was nothing safe or nice about this wind. And that sent me off thinking in a few areas. Um, we're watching these movies, as you well know in Fitzroy. We're over 70 movies now, over 70 nights in lockdown. We've watched a movie every night. And this week, for the first time, I saw Frozen. And when you're when you're thinking Pentecost and when you're thinking a sermon called Bonfire and a Hurricane uh, during the week of Pentecost and Elsa has that ability to uh, just throw her hands up and and have this dangerous uh, par with ice and all kinds of stuff. There was something about that that made me sense that this was the kind of par that blew through the house that first Pentecost morning. But that then took me, of course, to C.S. Lewis, The Lion, The Witch and the Wardrobe. Where in, 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 in the Narnia Chronicles, Aslan is, is there as God. And of course, in the movies, God, Liam Neeson has a Balamina accent, as of course God should have. But when they talk about God in Narnia, they say God is not safe, but he's good. God is not safe, but he's good. Bonfire in a hurricane. God is good, as Johnny has been leading us in the worship songs that we sang earlier in the service, singing about the goodness of God and the goodness of the Father heart of God. God is good, but he's not safe. 
No, he's not safe. And that took me to a song by Jason Isbell, uh, Chris Wilson, if you remember, Chris and Jenna, who were with us in Fitzroy for uh, a number of years, and they're back now in Indiana. Um, Chris sang a song one night in the Welcome Area, a cover version of Jason Isbell's 24 Frames. And he brought that song alive for me. Uh, the song goes, you thought God was an architect, but now you know he was a pipe bomb. He is a pipe bomb waiting to blow. We can think of God as an architect with all the lines drawn, all the straight lines. We know him perfectly well, but actually that's not God at all. God is more like this violent wind of Pentecost where he rushes through. Oh, he's good, but he is not safe. He is a pipe bomb waiting to blow. When I was in Union College, if you said sovereign God, you were sound. And when you said sovereign God, it was almost as if sovereign meant we have the architectural plans of God and it's just like this and we have it all sussed up, sussed out in a reformed tradition. Whereas sovereign doesn't mean lines at all. Sovereign means that God is out of our control, that we can't control God, that our finite minds can't comprehend God. Oh, God is good. But to human beings, he's far from safe. Now, if we go back to the disciples and uh if you want to, and this is the first time you've been in at the Fitzroy service, the last number of weeks we've been travelling with them, haven't we? We've been to Easter and we've been to Cleopas, or Cleopas rather has taken us on a journey outside Jerusalem and then back to Jerusalem. And then we've gone through resurrection and then we ended up at the Ascension. And now here we are at Pentecost. And over those 50 days since resurrection, the disciples are pretty much locked down. We've been saying that time and time again. And actually, if you go into John's account, I think it's John chapter 21. If you go into John's account of the giving of the Holy Spirit from Jesus to the disciples, he says that they are fearing. They're fearing their lives. And something must have happened here because in Acts chapter two, these disciples have moved from being fearful to being fearless. They have moved from being locked down to being right in the center of Jerusalem with their heads up and their chests out. And they are preaching like no one has ever preached before with a fearlessness, with a power that uh, is just incomprehensible to the guys we've watched in lockdown over the last 50 days. What has happened in that lockdown? Well, what has happened is this. The disciples in that lockdown must have been thinking a lot of things. Uh, they had a lot of time to think. Some of us in the lockdown have had more time to think than others. Some of us are running around and we don't have very much time in the day at all because we're trying to do schooling and work and we're doing work and uh, we have young kids. Or uh, But others of us... Some people have had a bit of time to reflect, a bit of time to do the reading that we haven't had a chance to do before. And the disciples must have had a bit of time like that. In their fears and anxieties, they must have been chatting among themselves. What did it mean that Jesus was born? Was he God? Did God come to earth? And what did it mean all that teaching he gave us for those three years? And what about that Good Friday when we ran away and Mary and John stayed at the cross? And, and what about that resurrection? What was that about? And what were those appearances he gave us? And, and what, was he, what was he trying to say to us? And, and this is going back to heaven. What does that mean? And it's almost like for anything to happen in the building of the kingdom of God, we needed God to become flesh. We needed God to move among us. We needed God to go to the heart of injustice and suffering and die like the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We needed God to be raised from the dead, to defeat death and defeat the powers of evil. 
And we needed Jesus to get back into heaven and to rule with that wonderful humility that he had as he washed the disciples' feet. We needed Bethlehem. We needed Good Friday. We needed Easter Sunday. We needed Ascension. But all those things lined up are no good until this moment when they're sitting waiting as Jesus had told them to wait and suddenly a bonfire and a hurricane swirls right through them and gives them the fuel, the gas to be able to come alive. It's like those flamethrowers where you throw out petrol and then you light it. And this is the this is the petrol, this is the gas, these are the batteries that make sense of all that stuff, but don't only make sense of all that stuff, but energize the people of God, the disciples of Jesus, to go and do something about it. So what is that something about it? Well, lots of things happen in, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes in this uh, good but not safe way. Uh, we find that this is a chance for the, the chaff to be blown out. Uh, you throw up the grain and the chaff and you hope that the, the wind blows out the chaff and the grain lands and that you just have the substance, the nourishment of stuff rather than that vacuous stuff that should be blown away. That uh, joyless urgency, the, the vacuous, joyless urgency of our lives, that it would be blown away by this bonfire and a hurricane, that God would come in and change and blow out the chaff from the grain, that he would purify us with this flame of his holiness, that he would purify us into those that are seeking goodness and kindness and justice and equality and shalom. That this is a whole new human strain of humanity. That Jesus came and gave his life for a new way to live. That Jesus showed us that way to live. He taught us that way to live. But he needed to empower us in how we could live that way. And the power of a bonfire and a hurricane blows through us. The, the ideas that Jesus taught cost him his life so that now they would be tossed across the world. And that a kingdom would begin to come in that would show us what the ultimate kingdom of God would be like. So we're going to have the chaff of the modern world taken from the grain of those things that we need to be living for in life in all its fullness. We need the purifying flame to come and search us. We need this new human strain, this new way to live for humanity to get out of lockdown and get out into the centers of the world and share it. And that, I think, is what I want us to close with today. Oh, lockdown is beginning to open, and that's fearful. Janice and I went to walk the dog, and we're delighted that we get back into Malone House to park, and we went into Barnett's Domains, and it was just brilliant to be back. Even the dog was delighted to be back in our usual territory. And we were having a beautiful walk, and then we came over this hill, and we saw this 40 young people all over each other, uh, drunk partying, uh, laughing, singing, but they were no, there was no social distance. They were dicing with death. Oh, they probably think because they're young, they might not get it, but they're going to risk taking a virus back into their homes to share it with their parents and their grandparents and their neighborhood. It was really quite frightening. We did come around another corner and saw so many teenagers in different little groups, two meters apart, using the social distancing and delighted to be with each other again. But that first group told me that coming out of lockdown is going to be difficult for a nation. We are going to need discipline. We are going to need patience. We are going to need social intelligence. We are going to need 
all of the things that Jesus taught for a specific time that we're living in. And it seems to me that what Pentecost does is this. Let's not look to the church leaders to tell us how to come out of lockdown. Although I hope they will and we will tell you how church is going to be. But I'm not talking about the institution. I'm talking about the ideas that cost Jesus being tossed around the world. Who's going to toss them around the world? Who is going to live with that spirit of maturity and discipline and patience of the Holy Spirit on your street, in your place of work, in your family, in your town, in your city? Well, here's the thing. From Pentecost on, God does not live in a temple. He does not live in Fitzroy. That's why Fitzroy has been going on vibrantly, even when the church building is not open. Boy, have we caught on to that over these last number of months. God lives within us. It's those of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who need to show a lead in our nation at this point in time so that we might be an example to neighbours and we might be an example to young people. And we might be an example to all kinds of others around us. And I'm thankful for the example that our young people in Fitzroy are showing in the way that they're coming out of this lockdown. So here is a specific in the middle of a general. Oh, the Holy Spirit came down in Acts chapter 2 and the church was born and the Holy Spirit dwells within us and we go to the ends of the earth. But the bottom line at the moment is that we're in a more confined space than we've ever been in our lifetimes. And the Holy Spirit comes to us so that we can be the influencers in that space. And I'm not sure we've ever had a better opportunity to be those influencers. That the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the love of the Holy Spirit might be dwelling in us so that we might be leading others in our neighbourhoods to come out of this without of a fear of a really huge second spike. And that might set us on a road where the church might just be different than it's been for a while. I want to finish with uh, my obsession of the week. I discovered Charlie Mackesy's videos this week. Charlie Mackesy, if you're not aware, uh, wrote The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Horse. It was a number one bestseller uh, across uh, UK and America for the last while. Uh, if you haven't seen one of them, I'd be surprised. You might not know you've seen one of them. It's sort of a little bit like a modern uh, Pooh Bear. And they're wonderful. And um, so uh, so I'm interested in Charlie. But this week I discovered that he uh, has a faith and that he actually uh, has done a few talks uh, for Holy Trinity Brompton uh, as they introduce Alpha. And this guy is amazing. He's just amazing. He... Um, he is no preacher, but what a communicator in the most dishevelled kind of way. He's not theologically trained, but boy, does he nail it spiritually on the important things of the Christian faith. And so I've been watching him all week. And one of the things that he comes back to again and again and again, he was an atheist and he loved being an atheist. And he, he still loves Hitchens and Dawkins, but he has found Jesus and he has found the reason why he believes God exists. And that reason that God exists is the love that's within inside us. There's a moment where he actually says that, you know, scientists have looked out across the universe and they've discovered all the reasons why God shouldn't exist. And he almost says, but they didn't get a microscope to look into the spiritual souls that we have, because if they looked in there, they would find this yearning that we all have 
for God. And it only makes sense when you find the love of God in your life. Anyway, I don't want to talk about all that. What he did was he brought out a can. He was trying to talk about Christianity. He said he was put off Christianity. He hated Christianity. He just, there was nothing about Christianity that he liked. He said Christianity was an iguana where on the outside, where on the inside it was like hot apple pie. And then he brought out this can of tuna from Romania. And he showed it, he showed it the congregation. And on the outside, this, this can of tuna, uh, said C-R-A-P. Now you're not going to want to buy that tuna. Can you imagine going into the shelf and seeing tuna crap? No, we'll just leave that there. And he said, but if you open the tin, it's really, really nice tuna. And he said, Christianity is a bit like that. It's a guan on the outside, apple pie on the inside. The facade is all wrong, he said. But the love of God at the center of it is the secret of the universe. He's done a wonderful sculpture of the prodigal son uh, with his arms wrapped around the father that for him is the essence of his faith. It's really, really beautiful. But on Pentecost Sunday, I use the illustration not only because I want to wax lyrical about my obsession of the week, but because it seems to me the world might be looking at the church on Pentecost Sunday and seeing something that's plodding with predictable platitudes. Whereas what it really is, it's a bonfire and a hurricane. Oh, it is good, but it is not safe. It is burning away the chaff. It is purifying the soul. It is creating a new strain of human beings that are going to turn the world upside down because if we get back to John chapter 3, we will not know where it comes from or where it goes to. So it is everyone born of the Spirit. Lord Jesus, sitting on ascension, right hand of the Father, pour upon us today a bonfire and a hurricane that changes us and how the world sees your followers today. This is not about petty little habits, not to swear or smoke or drink. It's not about plugging in software to control the things you think. We're covering up in the corner with hands pressed over our ears. We're locked up in self-isolation, lost in the paralysis of our fears. We're locked up in self-isolation, lost in the paralysis of our fears. A bump in a hurricane, flames thrown and blown up in the air, up in the air. Can spiral on you, human strength, ideas that cost are tossed everywhere, everywhere. We're blowing away the chaff from the grain, a purifying flame. Bonfire in a hurricane will never be the same again. A bonfire in a hurricane will never be the same again. A bonfire in a hurricane will never be the same again. This is not a boy, nice and good living. Throw back inside a shirt and tights is not a safe soft cushion. Do not cry or to never ask why We are at the gate of the kingdom Get the risks that are up ahead What 
What's the point of the resurrection if we stay in the cold tomb instead? What is the point of the resurrection if we stay in the cold tomb instead? A bumper in a hurricane, flames thrown and blown up in the air, up in the air. Can spiral on you, human strain, ideas that cost to tossed everywhere, everywhere. We're blowing away the chaff from the grain, a purifying flame. Bonfire in a hurricane will never be the same again. A bonfire in a hurricane will never be the same again. A bonfire in a hurricane will never be the same again. pray. God, we are here on Pentecost Sunday, all together, yet all in different places and uneven spaces. Lord, we are united across the world, from British Columbia to Alberta to Ohio, from Holland to Australia, back to England, Scotland, Wales and Ireland, and then home to Fitzroy in Belfast. Lord, we are together in Jesus. But some of us are only children, loving the space, with our daughters at home, loving the time. But some of us are older, alone, and feeling the isolation. Some of us are children, and a little bored. Some of us are parents trying to juggle homeschooling and work. Some of us are under pressure in business. Some of us are enjoying this breather. Some of us are students and feeling under pressure. Some of us are going through labour alone while our husbands wait in the car park. Some of us are teenagers and missing adolescent adventure. Some of us are grieving and having to do it at a distance. And some of us are enjoying nature that seems to be reborn. Some of us don't want to go back to what life was like before. And Lord, we come before your Holy Spirit, together in uneven spaces. And we're anxious, confused, uncertain. We're wondering, we're hoping, we're loving. So on this Pentecost Sunday, Lord, blow a bonfire and a hurricane through us. Revive us, refresh us, reorientate us, reboot us. Lord, the great ideas of Jesus' alternative ways cost him his life. So, Lord, toss those wild ideas everywhere. Holy Spirit, inspire a new human strain of mercy, humility, equality, justice and grace. 
Lord, blow away the vacuous straw of urgent, joyless chaff and nourish Christ-like ambition, values and selfless love. Lord, purify us. Forgive us, Jesus, when we make you safe and nice. Dying and being raised to life for nothing more than a few petty little habits. Lord, forgive us when the world looks at your church and sees us plodding, predictable. Instead, blow a full force scale of goodness, kindness and hope through us. Lord, we are here on Pentecost Sunday. Together in different geographical places and uneven in coronavirus spaces. But we offer ourselves to you. Blow through our fears with fearlessness like a bonfire in a hurricane. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. Cause you are good, good, oh, yeah, you are good, good, oh, you are good. Good, oh, no, you are good, good, oh. Let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh, he is my song. You are good, good, oh, yeah, you are good, good, oh, yeah, you are good, good, oh, you are good, good, oh, oh, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down, no, oh, you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down, no, no. Oh, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down, no, no. Oh, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down, no, no. Oh, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down, no, no. Oh, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down, cause you are good, good. Oh, you are good. Good, oh, you are good, good, oh, you are good, good, oh. So thank you again for watching Fitzroy uh, Sunday service. Uh, we um, ask you, encourage you to do a bit of fellowship now, where we would normally go into the welcome area, send a text send a Facebook message, tweet somebody, give a phone call, let people know that you're there and that you're thinking of them. Let's share the benediction with each other on this Pentecost Sunday. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the bonfire and a hurricane power of the Holy Spirit be with us all today, 
through lockdown, coming out of lockdown, and forevermore. Amen. Oh, breath of God, come fill this place. Revive our hearts to know. That we